0: Hi, I'm Derek McFadden, proud to be an author, a poet, and a lover of most things pop culture. I am also handicapped, born with a mild form of cerebral palsy. But please note, this podcast is not called Handicapped Writer. It is instead titled Writing While Handicapped, because that's what I do. Join me as we talk with folks in the book world, and this podcast looks at the world of literature from a perspective you haven't seen before. Writing While Handicapped, episode four. And I am Derek McFadden. I'm the author of What Death Taught Terrence. And I'm here with the author of Lessons in Chemistry. Her name is Bonnie Garmus. It's her debut novel, you guys. How are you, Bonnie?
1: I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh,
0: it's it's wonderful. So tell us about who Elizabeth Zott is, because she's the main character of your book. She's She's the most amazing character. Tell us who she is. <laughs> Thank you.
1: All right. Well, Elizabeth Zott is a chemist in the early, no, in the late 50s, early 60s. Uh, she's fictional and uh, she loses her job because she becomes pregnant. Back then, you could not hold a job if you were pregnant. Wow. And she ends up, yeah, I didn't know that until I did some research. And then she ends up taking a job as a TV cooking show host long after her child is born. Um, but when she goes to teach cooking, she's not really teaching cooking. She's a chemist. So she teaches cooking but cooking is actually chemistry and that is what she teaches and as she goes about her way and she ignores every single command from her producers she ends up empowering a nation of women and the men who want to come along and that is her story she's a catalyst for change
0: yeah and um and the other characters around her so we have her daughter and and, Mm -hmm. and and that's mad zot and she's pretty amazing. And I heard that when you started this book, it was actually she was actually so I guess Elizabeth was a character in a different book where I guess Mad was the main character in that in that book. Okay. Yeah,
1: that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And then I shoved that book because it, yeah, Madeline was the main character and she was 30 years old, just like Elizabeth Zott in this book, and she had a child, just like Elizabeth Ott. Okay. But it was her child who had discovered the secret of her grandmother oh. she found a book called separate 6 and she asked her mother about it
0: which oh, is the my name gosh. of the show when you decided that that book wasn't working what was it that made this book work you think that 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 one you know you know where that one where that one wasn't that as authors done. we have so many books that don't work <laughs> oh, and then my we God. have to and then we have to go into well you know how come that book didn't work and how come this one does or you know
1: No, that's exactly, exactly right. I was working on that book. I was about, I thought about halfway through, and then I just kind of lost the thread of it. And I realized I didn't know where it was going to go to the point where I wasn't really satisfied with what was happening in the story. And I put it aside and then I wrote another book, a completely different one from Lessons in Chemistry. That one I finished, um, but it never got accepted by any agents. I've sent it to 98 And then, uh, I know, I know I, well, my husband actually said to me, um, one day I said to him, oh, I got, I got my 98th rejection. He goes, how many, how many are you going for? And I said, well, I thought I'd go for a hundred. And he said, "Seems like a very odd goal to have. So I actually stopped at 98. Um, but then I wrote this other book and here we are.
0: Yeah. So, um, and, and it was, it was an instant bestseller, you guys. I mean, what was that like uh, getting that call that like, oh, your book has come out and it is an instant bestseller. Like, I mean, every author's looking at you going, how does that happen? Tell me your secret. Well, there are no secrets
1: because right. I don't know how it happened. Right. Nobody <laughs> I mean, does. It's, yeah, it's it is the strangest. You know, let's face it. Being a writer, people think, oh, that must be a lot of fun. No, it's a lot of anguish and a lot of rejection. <laughs> Um, it's not easy. And, uh, I mean, I, I knew that it was, so the way, you know, it's an instant bestseller is because this is the big hint, um, people pre-purchase your book. And so they have all these things on Amazon and through the booksellers where people reserved it or they pre-purchased it. So based on those stats, they knew that first week was going to be big, What they didn't know was that it would continue. And no, we all thought, well, maybe a week or two, that's it. But it's still going.
0: (laughs) And so I'm in Seattle. So you're from Seattle, right? Or or you were in Seattle at one point. And and part of this book is that's big is rowing. Rowing is huge in this book. And I hear that you're a rower too. So that's probably part of the reason why.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I still consider Seattle my home. We were transferred abroad. um, First to Switzerland and now here. But I still own a house in Seattle. I go there all the time. One of my kids lives there. Yeah, so I... I'm a huge Seattleite, I love it. And, um, and one day I will return to Seattle for good. But in the meantime, we're here. And um, yes, I'm a rower and I rode in Seattle at Green Lake but also at Pocock.
0: Green Lake is so nice. I love walking around Green Lake. Uh, there's so yeah. much to do there and there's good seating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: I, exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, I loved it.
0: Yeah, um, all right, So, uh, so what's next for you? Is there something coming next? What's coming next?
1: Well, I'm working on another book. It is not a sequel to uh, Lessons oh, okay. in Chemistry, but but I, I really am enjoying it. I, I I'm not wor- I shouldn't say I'm writing it right now. What I'm really yeah. doing is promotion for this book, which is of course it's yeah. a lot. You know, you yeah. go to a lot of festivals and yeah, you do a lot of things like that. So I'm doing a lot of that. But I have this other book that's brewing, and I really love the characters in it. So I can't wait to kind of get back into that full time.
0: So what's your writing schedule like, especially when you're having to promote, you're promoting this book and you have to write the other one, what's what's the schedule like for writing?
1: Well, because I'm a rower, I'm used to getting up early and that's hmm. how I wrote the last one. That's how I lo- wrote Lessons in Chemistry because I was working full time. And so I would... I. After you work all day as a writer, I'm a copywriter. I didn't feel like writing at night (laughs) ever. Um, And so instead, (laughs) what I would do is get up at four, four thirty and write until it was time to work, work, you know, until about eight. And then I'd switch over and do my my day job. So I had about four hours, three and a half hours in the morning to work. And that's that's really how I had to do it. It was not fun, but I kind of got used to it. I got into the groove of it and then it was okay.
0: I think the misconception I, of writing, I'm sorry. I think the no, misconception no, no, no. of writing uh, is for, for non-writers is that it's fun. Cause it's, the, the <laughs> thing, right? I mean, there's times it's fun. There's times it's a lot of fun, but it's yeah. like, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I look at rowing and I think, you know, I don't assume that's fun all the time. <laughs> right. eh? you're
1: absolutely right it's so funny because i you know occasionally i'll hear someone say oh i love to write and i think oh well then you're probably not a writer um i know for most writers you know you have this idea and you're trying to beat it out of yourself and it hurts and then you just keep rewriting refining it's this constant labor and then if you're doing a book it's a marathon after marathon and you know it is it is not it is not easy and i people always say, but you must really love to write. No, I love it when it's over. (laughs) You know, I love it. Just like it rowing when you cross the finish line. Great. Um,
0: You love it when it's over and when you're in the flow of it. Like, you know, if, if you're rowing well, I assume it's like being in the flow of writing, you know, exactly right. You feel it, you know, it's good in your head.
1: Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think, you know, for, I think the other writers I've met here in London kind of agree with me. It's, it's a slog and you just have to be prepared for that and be prepared for all, you know, for negative feedback and a lot of critiques and things like that. And that's just how it goes. That's a job.
0: Well, and the other thing is if you are writing something that's autobiographical, you have to separate yourself from the book because
1: people are are going to criticize
0: it, you know, either way. Oh,
1: right. See, that's the thing. I could never write a memoir. First of all, I'm boring. There's nothing to tell about my life. (laughs) And uh, I mean, really, who would want to read it? Oh, and I get up at four. Oh, God. Um, But also, like, you know, lessons in chemistry, people think, well, she's a rower. It must be about her. But it's not. It's I put rowing in there because it was the only thing I didn't have to research um, because I was a rower. I did have to research chemistry. What was that like?
0: Because you're researching (laughs) chemistry that's like old, old time chemistry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't use Google as it turns out, which was a huge wake up call for me because uh, I had to buy a book off of um, eBay, uh textbook. And I taught myself basic chemistry from the fifties. And um, I hope they
0: didn't charge you too much for that. For that. I-, I can't imagine there was a like, huge market. So I hope they oh didn't charge God. you too much.
1: <laughs> it was like three bucks to
0: get this book.
1: And the hilarious thing is, I bought, I got this book and someone kept writing in the margins, you know, it was like question mark, what, what, you know, it's hilarious. So um, yeah, I inherited whoever book this was, um, but it was instrumental in helping me learn the basics of chemistry.
0: How would you describe this book to like, okay, so it's sort of a romance and it's sort of like a romantic comedy ish or, but not really, but how would you describe it? Like what was the pitch? What okay. was
1: the pitch? Well, the okay. I would never describe it as a romantic comedy myself, or okay. you know anything like that. I think it's a feminist novel. I think it, it, it is, is that. A, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's a, a a humorous feminist novel with important themes in it. And the reason why I decided to use humor is because these themes are so tragic in a lot of ways, and yeah. they're hard for people to hear after a while, especially, you know, I think for men, they're like, oh, I don't want to read another book about a woman saying, hey, things aren't fair. But if you add humor to it, then the men will also go along and hear about it and go, oh, you know what, that isn't fair. And so I think that for me, that was a better delivery system than just saying, well, here's how women have been put down all these years. And um, yeah, that's kind of my direction on it.
0: I don't get political on this show at all, at, bec- for reasons. I mean, I just don't, yeah, we, we, we don't do that. But do you think that this book is going to is going to really resonate? Also, especially now after what just happened with Roe.
1: Well, this weekend I got over a thousand direct messages from women all yeah. over the world. Yeah. Uh, in response to the Roe versus Wade issue, and uh, yeah, I think we need a strong woman hero right now, whether it's in fiction or in reality. And so people have really responded that, you know, what would Elizabeth Zott do in this situation? She was was exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, she was in that situation herself. And so it is really interesting to me, but yeah, I would describe the book as, um, how do I, I classify it? Uh, it's, it's funny. They, they classify it on Amazon all over the place. It's, historical fiction, it's women's fiction, it's literary fiction. Um, and there is a, there is a romance in it, but you know, yeah. it's only one part of it. And I really wanted that vehicle to show this great man, you know, who fell in love with this woman for her mind. And so that was, that was fun to write actually.
0: Well, and I love that he was in love with her. She, he was not in love with the picture or the idea of her. There yeah. I mean I mean there's this idea that still persists today. That's like, oh, she looks nice, therefore I will love her. Well, but do you know anything <laughs> about her? Like, and
1: like <laughs> Yeah, that's the Instagram, that's that that's the Tinder or whatever, right? You yeah. meet everyone online, you go, Well, do I like the way they look? It,
0: it, and is that all that we it can't be all that we that we how how we judge people. That that's just that's it's so it's wow. tragic,
1: yeah. It's so one-dimensional. No, you know, it is, it is. And, you know, one thing I've been telling people, uh, which I didn't understand until, until I studied chemistry, is that falling in love, being in love with someone, staying in love with someone, this is all dependent. It's, it's dependent on chemistry. So right. your brain, your body actually produces the chemicals to tell you who you are attracted to, who you feel safe with, who oh, wow. you want to be with. Yeah, it was three people, things. Wow. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's really interesting the way it all works because the safer you feel with someone, the more this certain chemical, which is oxytocin and vasopressin are produced by your brain. And your brain is telling you, this is someone you can trust. This is someone you can talk to. And that's why you don't fall in love with anybody you walks down the street. You're attracted to them physically through hormones like estrogen and testosterone. That's the easy part. Yeah. Yeah, that's the easy part. And then from there, if you don't get the dopamine hit from someone who's enjoyable to be with, it's over.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 Wow. So you wrote television in the early, early, like early TV days. Like, and they're doing live shows. You got Walter Pine, who is a great character, (laughs) because I'm not sure, I'm not sure he, White knows what he's doing when they start. <laughs> he he wants to be good at it, but he's never been in in the position where he could really learn to be good at it and be appreciated for it until he gets to that point. I want I don't want to. You know, spoil spoil anything. But what's it like writing a guy like him after you've written a couple of characters who were not like him? If that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it does. No, um, you know, I think. Walter Pine is a really interesting character pick to pick out because I think Walter Pine is also a victim of society and what society thinks he should be as a man. And he just isn't that way. And he has to kind of completely kowtow to his boss who wants him to be more of a bully. And and he's just that's just not his personality. It's not the way he operates. But on the other hand, he hires this woman, Elizabeth Zott and she simply won't follow his directions, <laughs> And yeah. he, she makes his life a living hell at work, but he respects her so he doesn't stop her even though he is paying the price for her, her deciding to go off on her own and do whatever she thinks is right. And so I quite admire Walter. I think he is a, a really, he's kind of that unsung hero, somebody who clears the path and allows somebody else to succeed even if it's at his own peril.
0: His relationship with his daughter really connected with me because my grandpa, the one that I love so much, is actually a step-grandfather. And I didn't know it till I was seven or eight. And I remember being just crushed that my blood wasn't running through, that his blood wasn't running through my my veins. And, but, you know, in the end it didn't matter because he was there. And Walter was there uh, for his exactly. And I, I really connected with that.
1: Oh, I'm so pleased. You know, I'm an adoptive mom. And so obviously I'm not biologically related to my children, but they're my children. And, um, I, you know, I'm one of those parents think their kids are perfect. You know, I, I really think my kids are incredible, actually. But it, it does occur to me when I was writing this, I was thinking how when you find your partner, you're not related by blood to them either. You're starting anew. Right, and so there's there's nothing wrong with having a family full of people who aren't biologically related. However, you're all chemically related.
0: Yeah, and I think there's a lot in this society too. There's a lot of the found family thing, where yeah. like your friends become your family. Um, yeah, you know the people who are in your COVID pods. You know, <laughs> those are your family now because you know. Um, anyway, um, okay, so if people want to get in touch with you, in contact with you, how would they do that? Like online and stuff?
1: Well, so they can visit my website, which is uninterestingly called bonniegarmas.com. Well,
0: and but on there for, for getting the site, though, <laughs> I mean, well done.
1: <laughs> oh, no one wanted that one. But um, <laughs> um, in the very back they have, there's a listing of my agents and editors and you can always contact me through there. I'm also on twitter and instagram um so those are the best ways really um i get a lot of messages from people on twitter and instagram like you
0: i mean uh, yeah, I, that's, how you, we, right? that's how that's how we met uh, uh well i yeah. i had started reading your book i i so so my sister just had her 30th birthday i'm 40
1: uh-huh. and and
0: my little sister just had her 30th birthday and and my present to her was your book
1: Oh, God, what a great present. No, it's so nice.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was in the middle of reading it and, and it, it just connected with me. And I thought, this is something I want to share with her. She, she's a very strong, strong person who's been through a lot and, and has come through a lot. And I, I saw her in, in Elizabeth Zott and in most of the women characters in, in your book. So I thought that was really cool. Um,
1: oh, and, that is so cool to hear. Thank and you. And then I
0: saw that you live or that you lived in Seattle and I was like, well, she might be really nice to get to talk to. And <laughs> turns out you are. So, um, all right. Thank you. Writing While Handicapped is a podcast solely owned by the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Thank you so much, Bonnie, for being here. And I will make sure in the show notes that everybody knows everything they need to know. And we appreciate you being here so much. Thank you.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: A quick note before we go. The book we just discussed, Lessons in Chemistry, will soon be an Apple TV series, executive produced and starring the great and the good Brie Larson. So keep your eyes peeled for that, and for now, goodbye everybody.